Welcome, my friends. Thank you so much for being with us again. The message, Give Me to Drink, was originally preached on March 12th, 2023. As always, if you haven't had the opportunity to listen to this message, please go to our website, www.epicenterfresno.com. You could also go to our Facebook page or our Instagram to be able to hear the message in its entirety. We came out of the book of John chapter number four, and we dealt with an issue that is still prevalent in our world today. This idea is taking our preconceived notions, ideas, and what we've been taught, whether it's our upbringing or our culture, and trying to interpret scripture according to those ideas. So in John chapter 4, we see Jesus and his disciples entering into Samaria. And you have this whole conversation with Jesus and the Samaritan woman. Let me give you a little background in regards to the Jews and the Samaritans. Back when the kingdom of Israel divided, this was after the death of King Solomon, the nation was split into north and south, almost like the uh, American Civil War. Think of this of uh, think of the American Civil War. The nation was at war. Once the war was over, we remained the United States. So kind of think about that. It, it, it helps to keep that in mind as we go forward with this story. The difference between the American Civil War and that particular war after the death of King Solomon is that the nation of Israel literally split and did not reunite. You had 10 tribes, which were known as the Northern Kingdom, and their capital, believe it or not, was Samaria. They were known literally as Israel. The southern portion was known as Judah, and their capital remained in Jerusalem. So when we remember, Jerusalem was a place where people would go to worship. Jerusalem was a place where the temple was to be established and every feast that is mentioned in scripture, people traveled to Jerusalem. We have to understand that even though geographically and politically there was a split in the nation of Israel, they were all sons of Jacob. Because remember, you have the 12 tribes Ten tribes decided we're not going to go to Jerusalem anymore. We're going to have our own capital and we're going to worship God uh, up here. It doesn't mean that they're no longer sons of Jacob. Another thing that we also have to take into consideration, we say Jews and we, uh, in our Western society, when we say Jews, we group all Israelis together. In fact, Jews is a term that is set aside for the, those that are of the tribe of Judah, they're Jews. Just like those that are from the tribe of Benjamin, they're, you know, Benjamites, uh, and, and so forth. Uh, but it's become, the word Jew has become the word that is used to describe anybody that is from one of the 12 tribes of Israel. So just kind of keep that in mind. It, it, that's not really an accurate 
description. Uh, it would be the same uh, for us that are of uh, Mexican descent. Uh, it would be like when people look at everyone who has brown skin and assume that they're Mexican. And that's not the case because you have Puerto Ricans, Dominicans, you know, there's so many different uh, nationalities. So to be able to, to, so to say everyone has brown skin, has to be Mexican and speak Spanish, right? We, we know that's not true. So again, that will help us understand when we talk about Jews and, 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 and Samaritans and things like that. So back to the story. Jesus is having a conversation with this woman at the well, and, and the woman says, you know, why are you talking to me? Do you not know that Jews and Samaritans do not get along? Without taking anything else into consideration, just thinking about what we just mentioned before, her argument is very flawed because she's still an Israelite. Jesus belongs to one of the 12 tribes of Israel, this lady who whose name is not mentioned, belongs to one of the 12 tribes of Israel. They are still the chosen people. So even in her conversation, I'm a Samaritan and I'm, you know, this and that, even that's flawed. How do we know it's flawed? Because when you continue reading, you realize that she worships the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. She worships the same God. Her worship of God is different due to the fact that she has been taught this hatred uh, towards the Jews. So there's certain things that the Jews do, and we're not going to do that when we worship God, but we're worshiping the same God. And that's a spirit that we deal with even in our culture today in, in 2023. And it doesn't have anything to do with Jews and doesn't have anything to do with Gentiles or anything like that. So let me explain my position. And this is this is something that we were talking about. Many times we place a significant amount of weight on the teachings that our parents have taught us. Now, I'm not here to disrespect anyone's parents. I'm not here to disrespect my parents. I thank the Lord for the teachings that I received from them, just as you thank the Lord from the teachings that you received from them. If we're honest, not everything that they taught us was correct. Their heart was in the right place. They wanted the best for us. That doesn't mean that everything they taught us was correct. And I'll give you an example. Some of us were taught certain things about God. And once we started walking in our relationship with God, and once we started reading scripture, studying scripture, we realized that what we had been taught growing up wasn't 100% correct. There are elements of truth, but then there are some things that were off. So what do we do? We look at scripture. We look at our life, which is molded and shaped by how we were brought up, uh, our cultural background, uh, depending what kind of church denomination we grew up in. Maybe you grew up being a Lutheran or Episcopalian, uh, Anglican, um, you know, apostolic, Pentecostal, maybe you were Baptist. So depending on how you were brought up, it shapes and molds the way that you see God and the way you worship God. The problem then becomes when we start reading the word of God, 
we start studying the scriptures and we realize the way I'm living my life and the way I'm worshiping God is not the correct way that I'm supposed to do it. At that point, there's a decision that has to be made. Am I going to continue in the traditions that I was taught because my mother taught me that, my father taught me that, my Sunday school teacher taught me that? Or do I let go of those traditions and worship God the way Scripture describes that God needs to be worshipped? And this is very difficult because as human beings, especially if it's our parents, as human beings, there will always be justification. And, and when we hear these things, we feel like our parents are being attacked. Like, how dare you attack my parent? How how dare you attack my mom? Or how dare? And, and the truth of the matter is no one is attacking anybody. It's the same issue that Jesus was having with the thought process of the Pharisees. So it wasn't that the Pharisees were wrong. It wasn't that the Pharisees didn't love God. The problem that Jesus had with the Pharisees is that their traditions, what is a tradition? It's something that has been handed down from generations. The traditions that they had handed down, they had placed them on an equal plane as the word of God. They had made their traditions as truthful as the word of God. So now we look at our lives. There are things that we've been taught in our Christian walk by our uh, Sunday school teachers, our pastors, our parents, things like that. When we actually have a relationship with God and we start reading scripture for our own and studying scripture, we realize that some of the things that we were taught aren't actually in the Bible. They're not actually in Scripture. So therefore, they're traditions. When we're faced with that, we have to make a determination because if I've been living my life holding my traditions above or even on an equal playing field as the Word of God, then I'm sinning. It's a sin. And this this woman at the well, she was worshiping God the best she knew. The, the civil war that we talked about when, after King uh, Solomon died had happened many, 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 many generations uh, before this lady was born. But this lady was born into a culture where she was being fed that, um, you know, we hate the Jews. Uh, we hate the Jews to the to the point that we're not even going to call ourselves Israelites. We're not even going to identify ourselves as as you know anything to do with the tribe of Judah, even though in essence those are our brothers and sisters. So they they hated this particular idea uh, to the point where they became enemies within their own their own family, their own culture, if you will. And they couldn't they couldn't stand each other. And the same goes for the other side, the Jews with the Samaritans. So when Jesus has this conversation with the Samaritan woman, we realize, yes, I mean, we're not going to get into the fact that she had five husbands and, and things like that, right? We're, we're going to kind of, uh, not going to touch on that right now because I want to touch on this. It, it She worshiped God the way she was taught to worship him. This is why she asked Jesus the question, are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us this well? And she goes on to say, you Jews say that Jerusalem is a place where we're supposed to worship God. But basically, like, this is where we worship God. We worship God here. But the truth of the matter is, that's not what the Bible says. The Bible didn't say you worship God 
wherever the Samaritan woman was saying you worship God, the Bible said that you worship him in Jerusalem. So what is happening now because of that hatred that, that is going on, um, even the word of God is being ignored and a new place to worship God that God had never designed had been established by the Samaritans. So during the conversation, it's established that she believes in God and she's waiting for Messiah to come. You, you, actually, you actually see that in the verses that she is waiting for Messiah. This common ground is what Jesus utilizes in order to present to her the notion and the idea that he's the Messiah. Jesus used this common ground to be able to help her understand the errors of her way. So let me explain that. One of the reasons that we have a hard time coming to terms with the word of God is because there are things in scripture that completely go against what we were taught growing up, our parents, Sunday school teachers, pastors, etc. So we have a hard time coming to terms and changing our ways. During this whole time, because we love God and we're in relationship with God, the Samaritan woman loved God, was in relationship with God to a certain point. Our spirit thirsts for the knowledge of the word of God. This is why Jesus says, if you would only know who's the one that's asking you to give him to drink, you would have asked him to give you to drink. In other words, Jesus is saying, if you would only understand that I'm the Messiah, your request to me would have been, Lord, give me to drink. And we're not talking about water. We're talking about the spiritual knowledge and insight that could only come from the word of God. My prayer is that when you come across passages of scripture that contradict what you have been taught, that contradict the way you think you should be worshiping God, that contradict the way you've been following God, my prayer is that when you are at that crossroad, that you're able to ask the Lord to give you to drink. That's my prayer for me as well. Lord, give me to drink. When I have to make the hard decision and the hard choice, either I'm going to follow the traditions of man, that includes my parents, that includes previous pastors, that includes, and, and again, it's not a slight to them. But something that's important is that we have to understand that our fathers laid the foundation. It's up to us to build upon the foundation. One of the examples that I use is this. Uh, during the Civil War, the Navy, the United States Navy, did not use ships like the ones that we use now. That they used, their, their ships were made out of wood, uh, you know, uh, steam engines, maybe. I don't know. I'm not too familiar, but I do know they were made out of wood. Can you imagine trying to fight a war in 2023 and the United States Navy is still using and utilizing boats that were being used during the Civil War simply because we refuse to accept the technology that surrounds us? 
simply because this is the way our parents did it. This is the way our grandparents did it. And even though technology has advanced and you have, you know, ships that can, you know, that can be on the ocean multiple days and at whatever speeds they go to. Could you imagine the United States deciding we're not going to use any of that technology? I refuse because this is the only way that that we're supposed to be using ships. We would lose every single war. Think about ships. Think about airplanes. Think about cars. Think about vehicles. Think about everything. So what happens is the foundation is placed there when they built the boats, when they built the cars, you know, all that good stuff. The foundation was laid there by our parents, by our fathers, our forefathers, when it comes to the knowledge of God. But it doesn't stop there. That's just the beginning. It's up to us to be able to dive into the word of God. It's up to us to be able to search the scriptures and and ask the Lord, Lord, I need you to give me the drink. I need you to open up my eyes. I am willing to let go of tradition. I am willing to let go of those things that I was taught that isn't even found in scripture. I know it's going to be very difficult. And in fact, I know I'm going to be judged. I know people are going to think I'm no longer saved because I left that particular church or that particular religion and and I know I'm going to go through a lot of things, but I would prefer to follow scripture the way it's written and be in right standing with God than to ignore, literally ignore scripture and continue to sin just so I could be a part of a church, just so I could be a part of a fellowship, just so I don't lose my position. What's the point? What's the point if I gain the whole world and I lose my life? Amen. So something to ponder on, and I know um, this message might be kind of difficult for for some of us uh, to hear because there are going to be decisions that we're going to have to make, but I pray that the Lord continue to bless you. I pray that the Lord give you wisdom and knowledge in order for you to move forward as you seek after the Lord and you ask him with a sincere heart, Lord, give me to drink.